It's summertime, and with it, the ability to set back, relax, and often lose our forward momentum and progress in self-mastery and the spiritual life, right? Or we can see summer as an opportunity to continue forward, persevere when the daily order of life is thrown off, and form new habits with the time that we have. In today's episode, we discuss the constant situations we men find ourselves in over the summer and ways to stay steadfast in our practices and disciplines. We also turn to Bishop Fulton Sheen and his three rules regarding happiness as a reminder of how to have a great summer. Stay with us. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us on another episode of The Catholic Gentleman. We are blessed that you have decided to join us. Sam and I are looking forward to talking about summertime and the living's easy and what that can mean for men. But before we get there, we are so excited and blessed to have launched a membership program for men called The Catholic Gentleman Plus. You've heard us talk about it if you've been listening to previous episodes, and maybe you've seen it in emails, but it is live and we've got hundreds of men signed up and we are so excited. Normally, at this point in the episode, we'd be pushing it to Patreon to help us donate. But now, actually, and going forward, we're going to be pushing you to CatholicGentlemanPlus.com. You can go to our website as well, and you'll see that in the menu bar. But that is where you can support the ministry. And what Catholic Gentleman Plus is, is it's going to be giving you men a very concrete and tangible way of growing forward in holiness. Week by week, month by month, Sam and I are coming to you with guest experts, with live Q&As, with prayer challenges and ascetical challenges to really help you in your growth as men. For women or moms or um, or spouses that are listening to the episode, definitely don't hesitate to send it over to your husbands or your uh, children uh, to check it out. If you are interested in supporting us, which we do have a number, and we're so grateful for these moms and uh, women that are supporting us, you can head over to catholicgentleman.com slash support, and you can see options to give to us one time or monthly at that place. So again, Sam and I are so blessed to finally have launched Catholic Gentleman Plus. You can head over to catholicgentlemanplus.com to see it. Yeah, absolutely. And like uh, I've I've said before and on social media and other places, but you know, I started Catholic Gentleman almost exactly 10 years ago. Um, you know, really driven by inspiration from our lady who, you know, and and as our blessed mother, she I think she has a, a real heart for her sons. I think she has a real heart for men and wanting to help men uh rise up in this this time of of cultural disintegration and the breakdown of the family and she wants uh men who are leaders men who are um willing to step up and be there for their families and grow in their spiritual life and really ultimately to become saints you know like our motto as we end every episode is be a man be a saint but that's that's the object and so our goal here really is the culmination of a lot of years of of build up and work but our goal is really to provide content for that can help you become a saint content that can help you take your spiritual life to the next level. Uh, and, and we put a lot of, of uh, hundreds of hours into making this um, a really awesome platform for that kind of content um, and really connecting you to other men uh, like you who are in the world working in our daily lives, um, but also striving for sanctity. So uh, check it out if you're curious, catholicgentlemanplus.com. Um, and if nothing else, just give it a look and see if it might be something that can help you uh, in your spiritual life and in your vocation. 
uh, whatever that might be. So yeah, amen. We're offering monthly ebooks, both uh, the first one here is Introduction to Vout Life. So you get uh, that copy. Every month, we're going to come out with a new one. There's uh, some foundational uh, videos there. And as Sam was just saying, really as a culmination, we had been getting so many men requesting for us over the last uh, few years, you know, what's something a little bit more tangible, a little bit more guided, a little bit more um, strategic and helping me ongoing and, and constantly growing. And so, man, this is just the beginning. We couldn't be more excited. We've got a lot of plans and many courses in addition to the already incredible content that we have put together and, and spent hours. So, but today we are talking about summer because summertime is upon us. And with that comes the opportunity to spend more time with family, to enjoy life, uh, to to get outdoors more frequently, to uh, maybe go to more parties and uh, and you know experience things. But at the same time, for us men, if you're anything like Sam and I, it can also be an opportunity to kind of fall off the horse, if you will, right? Where our days get a little disrupted. Uh, the the routine order of the school year is no longer upon us. And so things like staying up late and sleeping in uh, later and things like that start sneaking into our schedules and uh, oftentimes make for a, a sporadic uh, sort of experience over the summer, one that we're no longer growing forward and moving forward. And so that's what we want to talk about today is we want to talk about the reality how to treat summer appropriately, but at the same time, be men of intent, not men of reaction, and not allowing our environment or the circumstances that we're in, say vacation or uh, kids staying up late or not, you know, starting school at a specific time each day, throw you off. And, um, and hopefully you'll, you'll get a lot out of the episode. Yeah, absolutely. I love summer. Uh, you know, it's one of my my favorite times of year, of course. <laughs> um, just because, you know, there's there's so many opportunities to connect with family and things like that. And and yeah, the pressure of school's off. And um, even if you're homeschooling, it is kind of a break to take time in the summer, hit the road, maybe take some road trips, uh, or just trick out on the back patio, which is one of my favorite things to do, yeah. uh, you know, grill some ribs or yeah, some burgers or something like that. And then, then of course, yeah, spend time with friends. So, so let's talk about real quick, like how we can not get completely derailed in our spiritual life by, you know, all the upheavals fun as they are of summer, uh, all the spontaneity and busyness, um, of summer. Um, and I think one way we can do that is by finding like one uh, anchoring spiritual practice that we can really hold on to no matter what. It's non-negotiable. And I think when you look at the sacred, when we talk about the sacred, what is the sacred? Like it's those things in our life that are non-negotiable. Those like those things are so important to us that everything else revolves around that. Now, unfortunately, some people that's like football <laughs> or baseball or, or uh, you know, sports of any kind or shopping or, you know, whatever worldly values, that's what's sacred to them. But as Catholics, what should be sacred to us is our spiritual life. So finding one like non-negotiable practice that no matter what happens, you know, no matter how much you're, you know, having pool parties or like, you know, going on a road trip uh, to a nearby state or something like that, you don't give up on that. You find that one practice and you hold on to that no matter what else happens. Um, and, and, you know, we're not talking about overburdening yourself. It's just something simple like a daily rosary. That's 15 minutes, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. Like if you can't do that, you know, maybe you're doing too much. I don't know. 
But yeah. like just finding one of those practices like that or a morning offering. You know, even a morning offering is a simple, super short practice that can set the tone for your whole day. So that's my first suggestion is just finding something non-negotiable like that, that you don't give up on no matter how uh, chaotic things can be or how busy things can be during the summer. Yeah, agreed. And I think one of the things that you hit the nail on the head was you turn to prayer, right? I think prayer is the non-negotiable. And that's just it. It's now how you go about doing that prayer, whether it's going to be a morning offering, maybe three Hail Marys for purity or three Hail Marys for faith, hope and uh, charity in the morning or a, a daily rosary is something that can be um, up for you. And we would encourage you to do more, obviously, but I completely agree that when you when you allow your prayer time to get disrupted, the, everything else goes goes by the wayside and it's easier to justify all the other you know failings and other sins that that start creeping in and so one of the things that i like to think about when going with prayer is what are the obstacles that are going to keep me from this routine right what are going to keep me from this non-negotiable and i know that staying up late or in particular allowing myself to sleep in late for me is the uh, the primary obstacle of of getting that prayer time in. Now I'm aware that my kids are now fully around all the time and aren't having to rush off to school. So I tell you what, if I don't still wake up at that five thirty uh, time period, they're still going to be waking up at around six thirty six forty five here in my household. And that means I'm not going to get my full time of prayer in. So I would even go as far, and a spiritual director guided me this many, many years ago, and I was so blessed, and it's something that I've done everything that I could to stick to it, is that regardless of when I go to bed the night before, wake up at that same time every day. And I know that if I set my non-negotiable there, then I'm going to get that prayer time in. And you know, God's going to be able to use that that I present to him for good and for bringing me to the next level and for helping me persevere and move forward uh, in life. And I, I do, I, uh, last thing I'll say is that I do love su summer as well. I think it's great. And it's such as a blessed opportunity to spend more time with family. Um, but at the same time, it's easy for your kids to uh, stay stay up later and that throw you off. And it's easier for your, you know, your kids to, uh, to want for those of us who are fathers, you know, listening to this, uh, to want to do something very um, different in the morning, other than get ready for school and make sure that they're set to go. And so I encourage men to find that non-negotiable, make it prayer and, and place it at the beginning of your morning. Also being aware of some of those obstacles that naturally present themselves are gonna keep you from um, holding that uh, true to your life. Yeah, without question. I the the I love what you're saying about getting up at the same time every day because morning is such a beautiful time. You know, atmosphere really does shape your ability to pray. And once you shake those cobwebs off, like just sunrise can just be like a beautiful moment of uh, of connecting with God, a, a moment of like hope and peace, and um, just watching that sun come up. You know, it's it's kind of you know, to me, at least, uh, this is a very subjective thing, of course, but it reminds me of kind of like the resurrection, you know, mm -hmm. it's like calls to mind that same mood of like Easter morning, you know, like just, but those mornings can be really beautiful. So yeah, prioritize it. And just one practical detail on that. Um, in our house, uh, yeah, our kids uh, have this supernatural ability almost to wake up at an on, like a completely uh, crazy hour. Uh, the minute they hear us stirring, you know, the light switches on downstairs or we open that bedroom door or something, 
instantly they're bounding down the stairs. So one thing that we did that helped in that regard is we got a wake up light and you can set it for a specific time in the morning. For us, we set it, you know, our little ones for seven o'clock, you know, don't come down until your light turns on. Uh, and it's actually a really good way of just training them to, you know, mom and dad need a little bit of time too to kind of wake up, say our prayers and get ready for the day. Yeah. And it actually works really well because yeah, they wake up 6 Um, but then they don't come downstairs until, you know, we've had a moment to collect ourselves, say some prayers, like pull ourselves together, so to speak. Uh, and then it's such a, a much calmer morning and it just, everything goes smoother. Um, so just a little practical detail there if your kids do wake up at ridiculously early, like that might be something that helps. Yeah. Uh, and if I could just, just to add to that, there might be some men who are listening to this that, that don't have children and are saying, which I've heard this line so many times is I'm not a morning person. And so that's a little bit too hard for me. And I, I, I always call that out. Like none of us, when we were in college and high school, were, were technically morning persons or very few of us were, right? Everyone likes sleeping and everyone likes leaning into that sloth and hanging in there a little bit longer. But the point is, is that, again, we are called to be men of intention, not reaction. Don't let the fact that you wake up chipper or you wake up exhausted dictate the man that you're going to be, right? We are called to be those leaders. We are called to move forward. And to be aware of these things, as kind of Sam was mentioning, is um, is these are needed. And so if you're a family that children wake up earlier, and you got to wake up earlier than them or set boundaries in place, like Sam's just saying, so that you can get that morning time in. So Sam, I'd love to hear your thoughts in addition uh, to that on people who are like, well, I'm just not a morning person. And they've allowed that to define them, so to speak. Yeah, well, I mean, let's 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 get real here. If if uh, you're not a morning person and I'm not like I don't yeah. like it takes me a while to shake the cobwebs off and, and wake up. It really does. Um, but the thing is, yeah, we're we're talking about being men of intention here. You know, if you're really one of those people that just wants to coast, this podcast probably isn't for you. Sorry. <laughs> you know, yeah. But we're we're about becoming saints here. We're about taking it to the next level. Um, and and that takes some effort. That takes a little bit of discomfort sometimes, as does anything we're doing in life. You're training for a marathon, you know, you're going trying to lose some weight, something like that. Like it's gonna be hard. You're gonna have to say no to yourself, you're gonna have to discipline yourself, you're gonna have to uh push yourself a little bit um and so what i'm i guess what we're saying is like again what is sacred to you and maybe you need to take an start there and do an inventory there about what is non-negotiable in your life is it mm -hmm. sleep you know like is that the sacred thing to you is like yeah you know getting nine hours of sleep or something like that um but just be honest like what is important to you but then if it really is growing in your spiritual life growing in your connection with god um, with the angels, with the saints, like this beautiful communion of saints that we're part of as Catholics, then it might require a little bit of sacrifice or a little bit of effort that's out of the ordinary. Um, so, yeah, you're free to sleep in. We're not we're not here to you know, make you do anything. We're just inviting you and encouraging you that if you want to grow in your spiritual life, it really can be a helpful practice, um, if nothing else. St. Josemaria Scriva calls it the heroic minute. You know, we don't have a lot of discipline or penance in our lives. It's not like we're fasting, you know, six months out of the year like they used to in the Middle Ages. You know, we don't we have pretty easy lives as as modern Americans or, you know, modern people in the developed countries. And 
so just if nothing else, you don't do any other penance, just get out of bed when that alarm goes off. You know, that's it's a penance that won't harm you at all. So just embrace that heroic minute and offer that discomfort to God. Um, and, you know, I think God will bless your your efforts. Yeah, I think I couldn't agree more. And I appreciate how you said that. And, and, and men, just calling you guys out again, is that our passions and desires will always be with us until we die. And so we are always having to work against our passions and desires and put them into moderation. And I was immediately thought of uh, first James, right? Right at the beginning where we talk about trials will come. And then he talks about perseverance. And then he talks about brings to perfection. And he says exactly, I looked it up here is coin it, count it all joy. My brethren, when you meet various trials, the trials that we're talking about here is the, the, the disruption of our rule of lives that summer brings. And then he continues, he says, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, right? That perseverance that we all need, that resiliency that we all need. He continues on, and let steadfast have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Perfect and complete. That's what we're called to do. We're called to be holy. We're called to grow and be like God. And so... That's how we have to do it. We have to understand that these are the trials we have to prepare and plan. And another thing that I was thinking about that throws me off still till this day, if I don't do it, is when I go on vacation, when even since I was a youth, all the way up until now, be, me being the dad who needs to, to be a little bit more of a leader, is that if I don't plan for this non-negotiable that Sam brought up here, when I'm going on vacation guaranteed that if if the disordered rule of life of the family life doesn't throw me off going on vacation and sleeping in different you know hotels and airbnbs or what have you and maybe having some like great plans for the rest of the day and had some great plans or had some great events that i took uh, advantage of yesterday and everything that can really throw off my prayer and by day four or five of sure praying intermittently throughout the day but not my set morning prayer time it just grinds on your soul and and it becomes something that uh again it's not it's not be a man be a saint it's it's just kind of be a man and and we we want to we want to uh, add that second uh, element uh to it that we are all persevering and, and growing in so yeah, exactly. Uh, that derails me too, honestly. Sometimes I'll, you know, I, I mean, I always carry my rosary. I, I pack, you know, spiritual books or something like that. And I often have the best of intentions. And then things just happen one thing after another. Um, you know, but it is it is difficult. And, you know, the, the thing about, I've often thought about traveling. Like, what makes traveling so draining? Mm. Uh, sometimes you're just sitting in an airplane seat or like you're just sitting in your car. Like, you're not doing anything physical. Why are you so tired? And it's because our brain saves energy by forming habits. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're at home, you know where everything is, you know where all, uh, all, all every room is, and you could almost navigate your house in your sleep. You don't even have to think about it. When you're traveling, you have to think about literally everything, every choice, every decision, where is something that you need, and it consumes a lot of brain power. So you're going to be more tired. Uh, but again, this brings us back to uh, that's that's sacred time in the morning, like maybe being more intentional about that. Or if you're exhausted, you know, maybe carving out something before bed, just before you fall asleep, just say a simple prayer, you know, uh, renew your consecration to Our Lady or like, you know, give thanks for the blessings of the day, um, you know, uh, or say say a, even a, a very short like scripted prayer if you're too tired to think of anything spontaneously. 
Um, and but the point is, do something. And this this is this kind of leads into the next point that I want to make. Uh, and, and that's it. We're talking about sanctifying activity by finding those non-negotiable activities like prayer that we build it into our day. But another aspect of this that I think is really important during the summer is sanctifying time. Uh, being extra intentional about keeping Sundays holy. Uh, maybe observing some feast days. It's kind of easy during the winter time to, you know, our kids go to a Catholic school, like they celebrate feast days at school. You know, we there's so many beautiful holidays during the winter season. So easy to just like get into the liturgical year. Um, and, but it's in the summer, it's like easy to fall off of that bandwagon. You end up celebrating like Memorial Day, July 4th, things like that, that are more secular holidays, if you will. Um, but like being able, intentional about celebrating Catholic feast days as well during the summer, um, and maybe build that into some of your social time, things like that. Like coming up at the end of June here is the Feast of St. John the Baptist, Nativity yeah. of St. John the Baptist. And the traditional practice there is building a bonfire. Uh, what an awesome time to both celebrate a very great saint, um, one of the greatest, according to our Lord, uh, but also to spend some time with some friends. Um, and in, in the Middle Ages, I heard they they used to jump over the bonfire. I don't recommend that, but that, yeah, you know, if you're feeling brave. Um, no, anyway, just just sanctify time. Keep some sacred spaces of days where you're not racing all over, busy doing things, but you can just be be with yeah. our lord yes but also just be with your family and have some downtime um where you're all reconnecting with each other and with god um and i think that's a really important aspect of all of this agreed and i'm so glad that you brought that up because sanctifying time as relationships right that's that bond that was broken at the fall that we are trying to reunite ourselves to is that relationship with friends and family for those of us who are fathers and being very intentional about that before i talk a little bit more yeah the feast of the sacred heart and the immaculate heart start tomorrow right so when this episode comes out it is on friday uh the 16th is the uh feast of the sacred heart and so that is such a great thing if you are not enrolled if you haven't enrolled your your house or your family into the sacred immaculate heart i strongly encourage you to find a priest that can do that i'll even try and look um and and drop a, a there's a group um up in the middle east or sorry middle east um in uh the midwest um <laughs> that uh that uh, <laughs> offers uh offers uh like actual packages that you can buy and a priest can come over and can throw in your house in the sacred heart and immaculate heart and we strongly encourage that but that feast day is happening tomorrow and so definitely set something up, right? That that can enjoy that celebration. But going back to this idea of building relationships, I think that's such a good point because I'm, again, thinking of myself with family, when my kids are up and chaotic and they're not prepared to getting ready for um, school or they're not, uh, yeah, having having some ordered discipline right there because of that, this is such an opportunity to create that for their lives. They need that order. We all do. And being able to set up times that you're going to do stretches with your kids, that you're going to go on a walk for a half an hour with your kids, that you're going to do something actively Monday through Friday with your kids is going to set their day out right as well. Maybe you go on a rosary walk with your kids or you pray a rosary decade or something like that with your kids so that you're not only 
edifying and, and filling your tank as far as prayer is concerned, but you're constantly leading and guiding them. And so I think that's so good because I do, I, I don't want my kids to see summer as the opportunity for them to con- completely be disordered and then not grow in that relationship with me and my wife, because that opportunity has now presented itself. That situation is now available where instead of us all going around, getting ready and um, making sure that X, Y, and Z are taken care of in the morning. Now we have a little bit more of a free time to be together and to grow in that love and that relationship. And then prioritizing at all times our uh, vocation over our occupation and over our environment in the situation. And what a great way to do that. And I appreciate you bringing that up, Sam, because that just, you know, triggered in my mind as well. Yeah, yeah. Relationships are so key to this, you know, and I think often we see our kids or spouse sometimes Mm -hmm. even as like obstacles to uh, our spiritual life. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm embarrassing to admit it, but there are times when I used to get irritable and like cranky with my wife for talking to me when I was, you know, reading a spiritual book or like trying to to say a prayer or something. And she would she would walk in the room and say something to me. I was like, what What do you need? You know, (laughs) just something really impatient. And it's and it's completely missing the point. Like if you look at Jesus interactions all through the Gospels, people were always central to everything he was trying to do was really seeking those lost sheep. And but with our family, too, like we can get so wrapped up in. And, and busyness and program programmat programmatizing, mm-hmm. excuse me, our summers that um, we often miss just be with time. I call it like just be with time, mm-hmm. where you're not doing anything scheduled, but you're just you're just with your family, and you can just let those moments uh, spontaneously emerge. Just an example of that would be, you know, the other day we were we're all just sitting on the back porch and we were talking with the kids or something. One of my kids came up to me and he's like. You know, hey, dad, you want to throw the football with me? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So like moments like that can be beautiful moments of connection, of of strengthening love and those attachment bonds with your kids and with your wife. Um, And so, yeah, like it's okay if you're in kids in a sport or something or they're going to summer camp. But don't forget to have those times where you just are, so to speak, wasting time with them. Um, And the only object is just to be with them. You know, whatever emerges, emerges, but you just want to spend time with them as, you know, love embraces moments that are an end in themselves. Love very rarely has an agenda. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and if you can just learn to embrace that agendaless presence with your family, beautiful things will happen. So give it a try and see, see where it leads. Amen. I think that's great. So I'd like to shift now and talk about, uh, well, use Bishop Fulton Sheen to help guide us in in what it means to be truly happy, right? I think this is a good reminder at this time. It was a article that um, I read a long time ago, or it was a part of his book that that I read a long time ago, where he talks about kind of the three laws or principles uh, for happiness. And the first one that he talks about is he's like, if you are to have a good time, you cannot plan your life to include nothing but good times. Pleasure is like beauty. It is conditioned by contrast. And so that's one thing that I know Sam and I like to talk about is that if every night was 
uh, July 4th and there was fireworks going off every day, then July 4th wouldn't be special. If every day was a turkey dinner, then Thanksgiving wouldn't be special. And so you can't have a good time by preparing your life to have nothing but good times, right? We have to uh, grow in holiness. We have to take on our cross um, and follow Christ. We have to grow in self-mastery. And that is what we're encouraging men that are listening to um, this to do including in the summer, is not give up. Catholic Gentleman Plus, we have a full prayer and an ascetical practice that we are doing in June and a different one that we are doing in July as those grounding or those anchor points to keep us moving forward. So just to finish um, my point here with that first law or first principle that Fulton Sheen brought up is that you're going to have a good time. You can't plan your life around doing nothing but having good times. So, yeah. Yeah, it's really a contrary message to that of our culture, right? Like, just like feel good every single moment of the day, you know, and it actually, um, actually leads to more suffering, I believe, because when you uh, avoid a discomfort, when you fight pain of any kind, emotional, physical, other or otherwise, like, uh, when it happens, which it inevitably will, you suffer more because it's like, this is not what I signed up for. I didn't expect this, but difficulties, problems, struggles, as you were talking about in uh, the book of St. James, like they're bound to happen. They're going to happen. So your attitude towards those inevitable moments of discomfort, of suffering, of trial, like will really, uh, your attitude will condition your experience of those events. If you embrace them as just part of life, uh, you'll experience a lot less suffering. Um, and it's the same thing with like pleasure, enjoyment, fun uh, is enhanced, like Bishop Sheen is saying, by by contrast, by, you know, maybe the payoff is, is a long time coming. There's delayed gratification and our culture is not very good at that. But if we embrace that as Catholic men, uh, we will get a lot more uh, enjoyment out of these beautiful moments of pleasure and happiness that, that God wants, to have, wants us to have and wants to bless us with. So. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, amen. And uh, Michael Easter, he is a kind of a secular anthropologist or something. He came out with a book recently called The Comfort Crisis. And it's fascinating how science is picking up what the church has always known. I always enjoy that, right? And so he came out with this book and it was called The Comfort Crisis. And it's reclaiming your wild, happy self by embracing discomfort or something along those lines. And, and basically what neuroscience has started to realize is that when you are so focused on comfort, when it's a one-click buy now button on your phone, when it is uh, DoorDash delivery so that we don't even have to learn how to cook, let alone learn how to pop a pizza in the oven, we can literally just call somebody to do that for us. We start creating... Um, anxiety in our lives. We actually start having very, very much a lot of negative Beth. There's no hormesis in our life. There's no tension in our lives. And so exactly what you're saying, Sam, is, is, is a scientific reality in addition to the spiritual reality that the church has always upheld. So yeah, I, you know, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, you know, like GK Chesterton said, you know, the most beautiful part of every picture is the frame. Like we need limits in life. We need boundaries in life to be truly happy. Um, and sometimes those, those are self-imposed. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes we've got to push ourselves a little bit when 
you know, we live in these air conditioned bubbles and like, you know, you got to mow the lawn and it's a hundred degrees out in Oklahoma where I live, you know, it's like, you don't really want to do that, but sometimes you got to push yourself a little bit. And then that cool glass of lemonade at the end tastes so much better better. uh, after you pushed yourself through that discomfort. So absolutely. So moving on to the second law, he says, pleasure is dependent or sorry, forgive me, pleasure is deepened and enhanced when it has survived a, mount, a moment of tedium or pain. And that's exactly what Sam was just saying. He was just getting at that, is that the pleasure is deepened or enhanced or exponentially you know, uh, built on top of each other when we have that pain. And so that's the truth. When we just, again, we've been using sleep and as, as uh go-to throughout this conversation today is that when you're sleeping in abundance, you start disliking your attitude. You start disliking your days. You don't feel like you're getting enough done. You feel like you're not accomplishing much. Depression starts setting in versus waking up in the morning, being active, being intentional, and moving forward throughout your day with that sort of plan, then when those moments come like after work, when you can just hang out and relax with your family or even get to bed, it's all the more enjoyable. It's all the more desirable because of that tension that that we have placed um, upon ourselves with appropriate boundaries and orders. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, those uh, resistance sometimes like just, yeah, just deepens pleasure like, like Bishop Sheen is saying. Um, and... I, I think to the point uh, a lot of people miss um, there, there's there's with like even things like NFP, right? <laughs> okay, we're not going to get derailed on the rabbit trail of of uh, human sexuality here, but but the point being like oftentimes like if in, if that those spaces of um, uh, sp- you know, spacing you know time with your wife, uh, sexual time with your wife, like it enhances the time that you are together. The world doesn't understand this. They're like everything good all the time, pleasure, yeah. pleasure, pleasure. And it actually just leads to burnout and dissatisfaction and discontent, which it sounds like that book you mentioned about neuroscience really just reinforces that point that we just, we get burned out and and it takes more and more stimulation to feel the same enjoyment and call it yeah. like the law of diminishing returns, right? right. Like um, you have one scoop of ice cream and at first it's just amazing. But then you start doing that every night, have a scoop of custard before bed, man, you're going to start really feeling sluggish. You're going to feel just gross and and it's going to take even more ice cream to get the same enjoyment. Um, so yeah, just limit, limit yourself and you will enjoy things so much more. Then instead of waiting for, you know, someone else to place those limits on you, which is a lot more uncomfortable. But sometimes necessary when a doctor tells you you have type two diabetes now because you didn't limit yourself, you know, like that's uh, that's a painful moment that you want to avoid. Yeah, totally agree. No, I appreciate that very much. So moving on to the last and third point that Bishop Sheen brings up is that pleasure is a byproduct, not a goal. Happiness must be our bridesmaid, not our bride. Many people make the great mistake of aiming directly at pleasure. They forget that pleasure comes only from the fulfillment of some duty or obedience to a law. For man is made to obey the laws of his own nature as inescapably inescapably as he must obey the laws of gravity. And, and I think right when I read that, I was thinking about what you said earlier about love and that 
you know, like love is not, um, doesn't have to have all these plans or orders, right? Like love is not requiring of those things that we, uh, pleasure is not um, the goal, right? It's a byproduct. It is kind of the the passenger in the backseat of our life, not um, the driver. And if it becomes the driver, then we become unhappy. We become hedonists. We become uh, a slave to our passions and our desires. And just kind of remembering that third point that Bishop Sheen brings up, I think will make your summer happier. Like you will enjoy summer so much more if you remember that the pleasure and the joys of summer are going to be byproducts of the plan, the order, and the opportunities that present themselves when rightly understood and rightly um, put in their their places. So, yeah, exactly. I think it's a that's a really it's a really profound point uh, that pleasure is is can never be sought for itself, or you will never ultimately find it. Um, and uh, an example of this is uh, living with integrity. Um, sometimes living with integrity and living according to higher values, spiritual values, uh, you know, taught to us by Christ in the church is difficult. It's hard. You, sometimes you don't want to do it. Sometimes it means standing up when you don't necessarily, part of you doesn't want to stand up, but you need to do it and you, because it's part of living with integrity. And then you do. Um, but then as you're seeking this life of integrity and living according to the truth, what happens is you find so many beautiful moments of joy, not just not just pleasure. I think pleasure is often a word um, that we associate with like just st stimulating our nerve endings, you know, whether it's like through sugar and treats or like, you know, just, um, uh, you know, again, like sexual stimulation or like just different yeah. You know, getting getting a new thing, getting a new product, a new gadget, something like that. Um, like that's kind of what a lot of people associate with pleasure is that instant buzz. That is never going to satisfy you. But like, if you can, you know, I know some people who are more advanced in life than me. You know, and they're surrounded by their children who are grown up, living you know good, happy lives. You know, they're surrounded by grandchildren. You know, and and they they're maybe have a nice house that's like the, the fruit of like 30 years of 30, 40 years of hard labor or something like that. Man, that's happiness. But they didn't yeah. send out set out to like just get that big house or like just have those beautiful kids and grandkids. And like that was never their goal. Their goal was to live according to God's law. And God, like all the blessings just came along with that. But then someone who sets out to have, you know, the model wife and the big, you know, exotic car and the mansion, like they're never going to be happy. It's never going to satisfy. There's always something else out there. There's always another hill to climb. Um, but when you seek first the kingdom of God and his yeah. righteousness, all of these things will be added unto you, as scripture tells us. So that's really our uh, another way of putting Bishop Sheen's statement is. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first to please God and live a life that is honoring to him and pleasing to him as your father in heaven. And all of these things will be added to you. All these blessings that the world may provide may, will be added to you. And if they're not, oh, well, at least you knew you lived a life uh, according to truth and integrity. Amen. Oh, I've very well stated. I appreciate that. And my 
brain was triggered before we get onto the quotes part of our episode here, my um, brain was triggered to think about identity, right? And that that's just it. When your identity is placed on the things of this world, when your identity is placed on the car you drive, you know, the trophy wife, the house that you live in, and don't get me wrong, these are temptations of all men, right? Um, the the man who is truly detached from the things of this world is is really an infectious man to be around. Somebody that you know, I know some in different religious orders uh, that that are just so detached from the things of this world that it's just it's it's infectious. It's just incredible to to experience that with them. But you're you're spot on that our identity is in God. We must seek first the treasures in heaven. We must remind ourselves daily that we are sons of God. And our goal is, you know, to make him proud, right? Uh, to work towards that and to understand him rightly so that we can better live for others and that we can be better live of men of intention and not men that are just reacting to our circumstances or the environment. So I think that's very well stated. So moving on to uh, the last part of our episode here in the quotes part, Sam, do you have a quote that you like to share to the listeners and me? Yes, well, uh, as anyone who knows me knows, I'm a, a great G.K. Chesterton fan, as I've already quoted him once this episode. Uh, but I would just say uh, the one that comes to mind for me is is uh, the, just the importance of gratitude. You know, and, and Chesterton, if you've read any of his writings, that's a constant theme in his writings. It's just the miracle of existence, miracle of life, um, and giving thanks for that. And he says, you know, in one of his famous quotes, uh, I would maintain that thanks are the highest form of thought and that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. And I think that really sums it all up. Like if we can just embrace these beautiful moments of summer, we can just embrace these moments with our family, you know, the sun shining through the trees, you know, the, the beauty of, of water on a, a hot summer's day, uh, just all of these rich moments that God wants uh, to bless us with, if we just pay attention and receive those gifts with wonder and humility, man, we will be happy. That's so true. I love that element of wonder that he brings in there because, man, that's something that you have to learn to live in the present, right? We can't be living in in the future. We can't be worrying about the future. We can't be uh, thinking too much about the past because if we're with our family, then we're we're present but absent we are not able to that opportunity of wonder to present itself and i just i speak from the heart here because it's something that i'm constantly learning and growing towards is that when i can really stop to smell the roses or really stop to enjoy my kids wonder just immediately you know overcomes me and just you know it's easier to be a, a man of gratitude when you're not worrying about the future or you know um overwhelmed and allowing yourself to be emotionally charged by something that happened in the past. So I think that's great. Appreciate that. So for my final quote, and I've quoted Fulton Sheen three times uh, today, but I'm going to bring up another quote that just really summarizes everything that we just talked about. And that quote is from um, Bishop Sheen that states, find rests, fun rests on contrast. Our enjoyment of life is vastly increased if we follow the spiritual injunction to bring some mortification and self-denial into our lives. This practice saves us from being jaded. It preserves the tang and joy of living. The harp strings of our lives are not thin, made slack by being pulled until they are out of tune. Instead, 
We tighten them and help preserve their harmony. There's just so much that could be said in that beautiful quote. And I'm so grateful for men like him and G.K. Chesterton that can provide these to us men so that we can reflect and think through them. Amen. Well, we hope you all have a wonderful summer uh, filled with with uh, joy and many uh, holy moments. And um, just remember to be intentional uh, and God will reward your efforts. Amen. And as we end each of our episodes, be a man, be a saint.